Good morning, everyone. I know it's been a while since you've heard from me. We have our new amazing podcast host, Natalie Borneo, who's been doing a fantastic job. But every now and then, I am excited to interview a person I might consider a friend. And today, I have Cindy McCullough on the show. And I'm super excited to introduce a little more about Cindy to you, those of you who know her. And I know most of my listeners probably know her or have heard of her. Um, but for those of you who haven't, you're in for a treat. So Cindy, welcome to the show. So happy to have you on today. Hey, Susan. It's so great to talk to you. You bet. You bet. Um, so I just personally met Cindy face-to-face -face in Chicago on June 2nd, and it was wonderful to finally meet her. Um, I have followed her work at her consulting firm, and I love her logo, by the way. And she's amazing. So let's get to know her a little better than what we just see on her website. Um, tell me, what's your story, lady? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I, I got a couple of them, but I'm going to kind of stick to the the hi, this is me story. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I'm a marketing consultant. I do work for law firms. I work with law schools. Um, clients hire me on a project basis. I help them launch rebrands, manage website redesigns, things like that, produce video series. Um, and typically a project lasts around six to 18 months. Uh, actually, I have one client that I'm lucky enough that I can say that I've uh, passed the four-year mark with. Wow. Um, which I know is a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's unusual, but it's, it, it, you really get to know them. And I almost feel like I work there. Um, well, I do, but uh, um, That's I mean, awesome. I'm not, say it again. That is awesome. So when somebody trusts you that much that it becomes a relationship, not just transactional, but an actual long-term relationship, that is like you work there. You're just not on site. That's amazing. It's true. Yeah, they even invited me to their annual offsite. Um, which was a lot of fun. And we went to see um, Top Gun as one of the activities that we got to do. So incredible client. Very um, nice. Very, I've right? never, so I never worked with a law firm that did that with me, maybe it's me, <laughs> um, but that's pretty, that's huge. That's huge. Uh, it's almost like they're telling you, we can't do what we need to do without you. So that's a really great, great um, relationship. So awesome. Oh, well, I love them all. And it's, it, it, I like to think that's the case. So, um, but that's my ego talking, I guess. <laughs> well, your work story is. Let me sorry, just say no. one quick thing, and then I'll let you tell your story. Your work must speak volumes because even if someone likes you that much, if your work isn't great, they wouldn't keep you for that long, right? So, your work must be as wonderful as you. Well, uh, yes. I mean, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm always self right. We, we all have our our um, what is it called? You you um. When you don't believe yourself, uh, your doubts, your yeah, imposter, my, my imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, it must be because they just are just have a lot of work, right? They really need work to be done. It can't possibly be because I'm awesome. But thank you for saying that. I will choose at least for today to believe that I must be so fantastic they can't do without me. <laughs> you are, you are. And now I'm going to let you tell your story. But one quick thing before I do, you are all that. I asked around about you when I, I fell in love with your logo and I fell in love with some of the things you post. And I was like, she seems like a really wonderful person. And then when you came up to me to introduce yourself, I said, she is, she definitely is. So, so now I'm going to be quiet and let you tell your story. Sure. Um, I'm a little bit of, I'm a little bit older, I think, than a lot of people that you've had in your podcast. I mean, I've obviously gotten to know a lot more about you and your the work that you do in in 
lifting women's voices and listening to a lot of your podcasts. And it's, you know, I, I, that's, I think, part of the imposter syndrome, right? It's like, wow, I don't do what those people do. Um, but I mean, my degree is in marketing and I started off uh, at a time when there weren't a lot of, uh, it was sort of during a recession um, in the late 80s. And so my first jobs were 100% commission-based sales. I mean, I sold computer systems, first hardware, and then I started selling computer software. I was nowhere near, near the legal field. Um, wow. but I was focusing on, yeah. So, I mean, I came to law firms late in life and I kind of feel like I had three pivot points where I really changed what I do. And I'm sure you've read the same st studies that yeah. I've read where it, what, we all have three careers in us, something like that. Well, right? some of us have a few more, but that, I'm older than you. And and look, you are not older than most of my guests, probably just the recent guests, but I have 18 to 88. Wow. Okay. Right. Yeah. Then uh, I'm definitely in there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 1920. I know, I know. That's right. That's right. I'll just say I'm right, right, solid, solidly in there, Susan. There you go. Me too. Um, me too. Um, that is awesome, though. I think when you have these other uh, life experiences and work experiences, and you reinvent yourself and you bring what you learn to that, it's. I think it's better. I do too, because it really helps you refine what it is you want, right? And sometimes that refinement takes d decades, right? I mean, after working for in Silicon Valley, right? I went from DC and then I worked in Silicon Valley with a lot of startups and, and I spent a lot of time with clients figuring out their requirements and gathering their use cases and going back to the developers to help them build stuff. And I, but I was just working my tail off and I had no life. I mean, it was like, if you're going to work in Silicon Valley and be successful, you're doing 12, 14 hour days. And, and I had zero life. And at the same time, I was going through a divorce and I was like, oh, I got to go back to D.C. and be near my family and friends again, because I got to figure out what the second half of my life looks like, because I was about 40 at that time. And so I did. I moved back to D.C. and I just took the time to really evaluate what is it that I enjoy and what is it that's marketable. Um, and it was like a first career aha moment. And it was like, focus on your value. And that sounds kind of... Cliche, right? You know, what's your value? What's your value? But it's true. It's like, what is my sweet spot? My sweet spot is not generic marketing. My sweet spot is not software. It was working with clients to figure out how they can improve what they're doing, right? I was working with people with, you know, British Telecom and, and um, uh, you know, Walmart and, and the huge companies and nice. figuring out how they can improve their branding and their communications and their business development using technology. So I was like, well, if I'm already working deeply within these organizations, why don't I just work for one of them rather than working, you know, for a software company? Because the software piece, the development piece wasn't really floating my boat. It was a little dry. It was, you know, it's, it, I never took a computer class through college. So it wasn't even anything that I was really, you know, that wasn't what I do. I'm not a, I'm not a coder. I'm not a developer. So that's when I thought, hmm maybe I should be looking at in-house rather than working for the technology companies. And that's why I ended up at a law firm in DC. Um, and, and I just didn't look back because it was a really good fit for me. I know we all know the challenges, right? It, it's, you feel like staff don't often get the respect that, that they should. Um, and, you know, we've all seen that, I think firsthand, I'm not saying my life was any different, but I still, I loved it. I mean, something about working with law firms in a MarTech position Especially yeah. when, you know, you're talking about the mid-80s when MarTech was pretty new to, to law firms, right? They, 
what exactly is MarTech? What do you mean CRM? What is a what is a, a CDP platform, right? And and so helping them with stuff I knew how to do, it felt really good because it was like, wow, my value is really clear in in what I can bring. So, you know, bringing pulling together requirements, working with IT, figuring out how MarTech can help advance and improve efficiencies and all that stuff. So I, I became known, that's how I became known as like a MarTech geek in, in legal. I um, think, Cindy, I think that's amazing. Let me just interject that um, MarTech, they couldn't spell MarTech in legal. It was like when Scott Brinker sort of introduced the term yeah. and brought about what does it mean to go from outbound marketing to inbound marketing and how technology plays the primary role in that. That is some sexy stuff, you know, that's what she doing. And it's almost like the, the man behind the curtain in the Wizard of Oz. They know they need you, but they don't know enough about what you do to, to, to not pay you what you want and to not have you on staff. <laughs> so that is a sweet spot to be in. Um, definitely. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And it sounds to me when you describe it, I, I can tell. Y'all, you know, this is not um, video, this is audio only, but I can just feel her energy and I can tell she's smiling ear to ear because she's happy thinking back at this um, position in the law firm. Um, you know, I have to look way far back to, <laughs> to feel those feels because I too worked in the law firm setting and I relate to the gamut of feelings you have working there, but you seem to have found a really sweet spot and that is awesome. It sounds like you're... Um, you were able to, and it's not corny to say, find your purpose, your why, figure out your value proposition. We all have one. Most people go through life without even understanding what their unique value proposition is. So I think that's remarkable that you did that. Um, and I'm interested to hear more. I just wanted to say that, wow, MarTech was, um, even people today still don't know what that is, some people. Well, I want to go back to something you said about um, finding your why. And I think that that is young people. And I know I'm like painting with a wide brush right now, but we, and I did this too. We just feel like we need to be all things. Are you a social media manager? Yes, I am. Yes. I can. <laughs> oh, can you, can you rebrand my firm? Yes, I can. I can do that. Oh, great. Can you, are you a good at BD? Oh God. Yes. I know how to, you know, it is so tempting to want to be all things to all people, right? Especially when you're looking for a job. Yeah. But yeah. God, if you can really, it's no fun for you, right? And it's eventually the truth will out. And if right. it's not fun, if it's not what you're really awesome at, you know, I, I really encourage people to find that thing that, that, that maybe nobody else can do or nobody else can do like you can do it. Because that was really, finding that was when my career really seemed where it, it just became you know, the skies cleared and the angels sang when I realized. Yeah. So for example, I, I don't think I'm the only one that feels this way, right? Uh, the goal is, if you're in marketing, the goal is CMO. Oh my God, if I keep gathering the right skills and I keep getting the right jobs in the, in the path and I keep, you know, uh, widening my abilities and, and building, you know, working my way up the ladder and getting increased responsibility, I'm going to get that damn title. Yeah. And, you know, I got to the top of a department of a marketing department and I, you know, I did some great stuff and I, you know, I built teams and I rebranded and I did the websites and I did all the tools and I did the, the PR and the, and the chambers, but God, you know, there were a lot of pieces of that job I didn't like. And frankly, some I wasn't great at. And 
Yeah. If I never lead another chambers project again, I'll die. <laughs> I, know, I hear you. Fantastic BD people out there and I'll never hold a candle to them. So yeah. when I realized, God, it, it's the brass ring isn't what I thought it was. Right. That was my second, pretty much my second career aha moment. Cause it was like, what, if that's not it, what is it? Yeah. And let me, let me just ask you about that though, a little bit, because I never, yeah. uh, so I came from financial services in business development and sales. Now I started off in Marcom and then I didn't, I was bored, you know, I wanted to meet with clients. I wanted to score some wins and um, ended up working in business development and then being a business development trainer. So when I got to law firm setting, the lawyers and the people who, um, the business executives who hired, they didn't know the difference between business development and MarTech and marketing. Mm. So that is, I think, why so many young people are, yes, I could do that. Yes, because they are hungry to get the job. But yeah. it is so different. You almost hurt your credibility with others who know the deal, who know, you know, the truth that um, if you say you're, you're you know, good at all those things that that's not, that's not doable, that, that cannot be right. It's not possible. We can't be the best at more than one thing. Right. So for me, I knew BD was it, but I know a lot of firms that just say CBDO, what is that? We need a CMO. You can just do the same things or, you yeah. know, I hear you. Like, I, I think you and I are the exact same age. We grew up in the same, you know, I understand this reinvention you did now twice. So tell me more about your next reinvention. Well, the next reinvention was starting my business. And that, uh, well, aside from asking my current husband to marry me, and I did. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yay! Right? That's well, awesome. Funny. Oh, but you know, I had talked him out of it first, right? I had read this book. <laughs> who was that author? The woman who wrote uh, Eat, Pray, Love, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, her next book was about like, nobody, you don't need to be married, you know, and, and, and I read this book and I would read pieces of it to my husband, or to, sorry, the man that I was dating, um, and I'd be like, no, we don't need to be married. See, these are all the reasons why, you know, we need to paper all that stuff. And so I finally talked him out of it. Um, and then like six months later, I just looked at him across the table and I was like, I need to marry this person. I, so I don't care beautiful. all the reasons all the logic. And so I did, I asked him to marry me. And so he said that, that is so beautiful. So I'm, I'm all about that. You know, that I don't hold tight to stereotypes and, and, um, I'm from the South. And so my friends who are still there and never left, uh, or, you know, left for a little while and hurried home, they don't get that necessarily. They're like, you're too aggressive and you're so, you know, that's not your place. <laughs> I love that. I think who says it has to be the man who asks the woman um, for her hand if you want to go the right? old-fashioned phrase. Right. That is such a bold move. Look, he had the option to say no. It wasn't like you held him down with a gun to his head. So <laughs> apparently he loved it because y'all are still together. That's awesome. I love that. That makes me love you even more. I mean, that's just Aww. really, yeah, you're awesome. You're awesome. So apparently owning your own business was the right decision because you're pretty successful, lady. It is. I get to say no to things that don't really make me happy. I get to focus on what I do best. I mean, this comes back to the distillation of, of, of your value, right? What is it? What are you? And I, I mean, I don't have, it's funny because I don't have a PMP. And when you think project manager, you think someone's got a right. PMP, right? I'm putting together Gantt charts and I'm not. 
but I am the person who, you know, having done all the jobs that I've done in marketing, I understand, even if I'm not like the world's best BD person, or even, you know, nobody would hire me as a BD manager, I understand what's in the role. I understand how to speak the language of law firms. I understand how to speak the language of comms people and BD people and creatives in, in marketing departments. And so when I'm putting together or helping a, somebody with a rebrand, I'm like, all right, so have you thought about all these five streams that need to go as subparts to your you know, to rebranding all of your materials in-house or, or, you know, working with an external agency or, I mean, so my project management skill is, I think, if you had to ask me one thing that is the value is that I can PM any marketing project and help you get there, you know, in budget, on time, all the good stuff. So it's- Yeah, that's um, rare. That's, that's what I do. Yeah, that's really rare, especially in legal marketing. Um, I go back to, I mean, I've been in it in almost 30 years now and mostly women, there are a lot more men in it now, but I'm just going to say, didn't know what project management was, wasn't part of the, you know, put the logo on the golf shirt, you know, project, right? So marketing, MarTech actually changed all that and it made marketing more serious. It made it more strategic. It wasn't about, um, you know, just having fun and pretty colors and logos and, and taglines, it was about strategy and how to change minds. And I think that, that the PM part is rare still today in a lot of the people who do legal marketing. Um, you don't have to have that certification. I know it's a big deal now. Every school, like DEI, every school's offering a certification right, right. project management and another one in DEI. But um, the fact that you have that down, that I don't, I can tell you, I use monday.com and it confuses me. Like I'm still like, <laughs> um, I'll make the prettiest Gantt chart you've ever seen, but I can't tell you the numbers or the timelines are going to be accurate, but That's it'll be funny. pretty. Yeah. So that is quite a unique and, uh, you know, personal value proposition. I think you, what you describe in owning your own business and getting to say no to that, which doesn't make you happy is your ikigai, right? I know you heard that term at our conference. I use yeah. that term. I keep it as my desktop picture to remind me that, um, you know, I'm doing what I love. The world needs what I do. I'm good at it and I can get paid for it. So it sounds like you've been living your ikigai for quite a while. And that is awesome. Totally yeah, awesome. It's, it's a lot of fun. And it really lets you be authentic with the right clients too, right? It's, it's, I get up every day and I don't stress about trying to be the best at some, at everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Why do we feel that? I think we're pressured to feel that because in law firms, especially lawyers don't have a clue what we do. So anything that's not practice law or know the law, they dump on you and say, hey, go do this. Oh, it's marketing. No, that's not. That's BD. Oh, it's, you know, uh, DEI. No, that's not. That's HR. You know, so they just kind of everything that's not, they're like, give it, give it to her. Give it to the girl. Give it to the marketing girl. You know, I hope that's changing. I haven't been in it in a while. Uh, so in all fairness, um, that's just the way it used to be. Uh, the marketing girl. I mean, I've been called that before. And I'm like, no, I'm a BD badass. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie. You know, I think some of that too is, you know, top down. I had a really great um, CEO at one firm. And you know, one thing she said is, you've got the ball. I don't care if, if the attorney comes to you and says, I need this proposal put together. If you're not a BD person, you still have the ball. 
you're the one who's wow. going to work with me to, to get that done because we're a service. We're, you know, we're yeah. a little service, industry, right? So it doesn't matter if you're not the graphic designer, you're the one who's going to hold that ball for that attorney until the graphic design is done. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I did a lot of that um, bridging the gaps, the knowing doing gaps. You know, I knew stuff, but it wasn't my expertise and I didn't want to try to do something I wasn't good at. So I would find the people who were like external consultants like yourself now, or um, even someone on my team who may not be at the C level that I may have been at, but has super skills, mad skills. Uh, I would bring them in. But I don't think, I think you were lucky to have an amazing COO. It sounds like this person understood how business operates. Whereas I often reported to lawyers and they didn't always understand how business operates. I'm not saying that's the same case today, um, but they don't, they're not taught this stuff in law school. So it's understandable that they don't understand. Yep. Um, I, I, I don't see that changing. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was like, I should be careful about how much <laughs> maybe it's changed because it's been a while since I've been in it, but I haven't heard the big news that it has. <laughs> the big <laughs> yeah, no one made that announcement anytime recently. So um, well, let me ask you, you make me smile. I know my cheeks are burning right now because I can relate to you. I'm laughing, I'm thinking about your story, and I can just see you in it, right? And I see me yeah. in it. Uh, what makes you smile? Let me ask you, what, what, when you get up, I know you love your clients and your job and your company, but tell me a little more about what makes you smile when you get up in the morning. Okay, nothing about work then. Um, <laughs> good, good. What makes me smile when I get up in the morning is that, uh, honey, I love you, but um, it's, it's, walk, it's walking the pup um, right. and honestly enjoying my morning coffee outside watching the birds. I'm a total bird nerd. I have like bird feeding stations set up all over my yard and um the I love it oh oh it's great and the excitement of seeing a bird that you've never seen before what we call what we nerds in the in the biz call a lifer uh, wow okay so I'm that. learning <laughs> yeah I'm so learning if you see a so lifer it's like you've never seen this bird before it's really exciting Wow. So we, I have to say, I have a little bit of, a, my husband is a total yard nerd and uh, somewhat of a bird nerd. We still have to pull out the book, right? And say, what was that? <laughs> you know, or take a picture of it and try to do, you know, identify it through Google or something. Get but, the app, Susan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, we did. We downloaded it. Okay. So, so I'll tell you, we lived in Hawaii for a while. And of course, the birds are different there. So our son, who's a nature freak, got us into learning the plants, the birds, the different, Aww. the different lands and dirts and sands and, you know, that kind of thing. He's very, um, old soul. Um, so he gets out there with his dad and they, they dig up the yard and they see, you know, look at the hummingbirds. And we have like Aww. 17 hummingbirds at any given time. Like it's crazy. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, so I love to hear what you're saying. I want to fully appreciate what you're saying by doing more of that. Um, people don't know this because they weren't on the call when we were chatting before the recording, but I was telling Cindy folks that, um, pardon me, I haven't showered. I've been working in the yard, which is not something anyone would believe I have ever said, but it's true. I've grown to love that. I love the flowers. I love the birds that are attracted to certain flowers. And here in California, we can grow almost anything. So 
Um, although we're having a drought, I got busted for using my hose without a, a controller or a mechanism on it and the water was free flowing. My husband's the city manager. He's like, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't just let the, the water run. I'm like, oh my God, I've been busted by the water cops. So uh, I said, good, you go water the lawn. But I love that you spend their your time doing that. You enjoy, you sound very mindful um, and very much like you um, appreciate each moment that you're given. So I love that about you. So well, awesome. yeah, you get to this age, you've had your teeth kicked in a couple of times, right? And so okay. you know what matters. Um, and not that I want that for anybody, but just, just life, right? You bet, you bet. And you, what, let me just ask you, y'all are probably gonna think I'm some woo-woo astro whatever person, but I'm gonna <laughs> ask you, what's your birth, when, what's your sign? Hey baby, uh, hey baby, what's your sign? <laughs> February 21. So what is that, is that Aquarius? What is Pisces. It? Pisces, oh, oh, you guys are fantastical. Um, that's awesome. So I always ask that because even though I don't know Jack about anything outside my own um, sign, I ask that of people because there's certain traits that I've found people appreciate nature or, and, and I love those people. I'm drawn to those people. So clearly Pisces, obviously you, you like nature and water and all that good stuff. Water for sure. Yeah. You bet. You bet. I was going to ask you, are you a surf or a snow person? Would you rather go snow? Oh, or beach. Anytime. Yeah. I mean, Bethany beach, if you've ever been on the East coast, Bethany beach is where I got married. It's my total happy place. Um, my husband and I are about to take a vacation. We're going to Aruba because just water, water, water. And anytime. Love it. Aruba is amazing. I, I went years ago. It's about 70 degrees, but the trade winds will fool you. Put, put your, your sunscreen on. I'm Italian and Jewish and I thought I didn't burn, but uh, I was wrong. <laughs> no, it, you're, you're right for sure. It is, but it has to be water with waves. I will not ever step foot in a pond. Yeah. Or a lake. That just freaks me out. I just in there that are going to get my feet and I just, I won't have it. So that's hilarious because when I was young, we, we'd be like, let's go to the swimming hole. And now that I'm older and I've studied science and stuff, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't die from some bacteria that got into an open cut or something. But I that's love why. the salt water. Yeah, I'm with you. I love the beach and the waves. And, um, you know, if you and your husband who, um, I don't know his name, but if y'all ever want to go to Hawaii, I will mail you the keys. We have a little condo in Honolulu if you want to go. Gosh, don't, don't toss that out lightly, Susan, because I will be there. I'm not kidding. I'm not, somebody you and I both know and love and respect who's in legal marketing just got back and he mailed me my keys. I got them Sunday so or Saturday. Oh, Saturday. Gosh. Yeah, I mean what, it. What I mean, island? Uh, Oahu. I used to live there for about oh. seven years. So my husband was military on Pacific, at Pacific Command. So it's a um, gorgeous island. I've been there once. Beautiful. Anytime, sister. Anytime. You're not, yeah. <laughs> Only if you yeah. be there with your honey and we can make amazing meals. My husband, um, he's a, he does a lot of smoked meats. He's got this huge <sighs> grill in the back. And Yum. if you're meat eaters, but he'll make you the best pork belly burn ends you'll ever, you've ever had. Have you seen me, sister? <laughs> Nobody's ever said, I don't know if you're an anything eater. I eat meat. I eat fish. I eat chicken. Um, I like sweet. I like savory. I make every chef look good, feel good. <laughs> so I aim to please, right? So I'm with you. I'm with you right there. Yeah. Food is love where I come from. <laughs> um, I have family from uh, 
from New Orleans. Yeah, um, that's where I'm from yeah, originally. So I hear you. Yeah, hear you. they do it right. Well, let me ask you, do you read a lot? I do. Yeah, I belong to two book, book clubs. Wow, you're my kind of gal, man. If, if that's I love. I think that that's a dying thing. Like people aren't reading yeah. anymore because they have Audible, and we're so busy. And you might have to listen to it on the plane on the way to somewhere. But no, I like the books. I like to read the books, feel the books, smell the books, write notes in the books. What book has influenced you the most, or maybe what are you reading? You know, either question. What are you reading now, or what book has influenced you the most? I'll start with the influenced you the most. Um, I always go back to, I mean, there are, there are some books I've read a couple of times. Uh, as a kid, I loved The Stand, and I think I read that three times. But as an adult, um, Anne Lamott's Bird by Bird, have you read that? No, but is that just for bird nerds, or should I go yeah. get it? <laughs> I didn't even see the connection there. No, it's actually not about birds at all. It's oh, about writing. Yeah, it's about writing. She tells a story that the title came from when she was a kid, and she was like, she had to write a book report on birds, and She's like, I have no idea how to get started. And she's like a perfectionist child and stuff. And her dad's yeah. like, you know, just take it bird by bird. And oh, that's awesome. It's about writing, I mean, ostensibly, but it's also just about how to live, how to be a person in the world. Um, you know, how to love ourselves and other people and all the messiness. And it's Embrace just the goo. It is. It is a beautiful book. And um, she she quotes Ram Das a lot. Um uh -huh. And it's my, my favorite quote. I think anytime is we're all just walking each other home, which Aww. I can't say that without wanting to tear up because I was just going to say that makes here. me cry, it does, but it's so beautiful. It's a beautiful cry, right? Yes. Oh my God. Deeply meaningful. Um, I, I'm not ashamed of my being a crier. I'm not a whiny baby. I'm a crier. Like I'm a deep feeler. I'm an empath. Um, this sounds like a book I'm going to buy today and have delivered by prime, <laughs> you know, oh, you would tomorrow. love it. You would love it. Yeah. She's in recovery and she talks about, you know, just, the, just that we're all messes and how to sort of find your way. And, and just, she's funny and she's brilliant. And she talks about writing. I mean, she, she talks about shitty first drafts because for anybody who is in marketing and has to write for a living, you know, just yeah. trying to get those first words on the page are it's the hardest difficult. part. Yeah. Know? throw up on the page and then start from there. And that's kind of like a, an approach to life, I suppose, is just, uh, first you gotta show up, right? But um, just start, right? And, and if you can't do everything for everybody, do something for somebody, right? It's it's, it's just a life philosophy. Read that quote I, one more time, because I wanna type that into the blog that I write about you. We are all just walking each other home. I just love that. And as, as a mother and a wife and a woman who just thinks of herself as just the uh, the bee's knees and a caregiver to my own mother, um, I look for a little bit of me and my husband, a little bit of my husband and me. I mean, yes, I think we're lifting each other, holding each other. And I love that you say walking each other home. That's that's how I feel feel it is that that's so powerful i'm definitely reading that book this weekend no doubt you can you know bank on it um i find also people who are in recovery um and people who've had trauma as i have and you know about that and tragedies we are deeper thinkers we are greater when it comes to finding perspective and what is worth freaking out about or not um, and I think that like Melanie Beattie, I love her books. I've never been an alcoholic. I'm not the child of any alcoholics. Um, I probably know some and don't even know they are, 
but her books resonate um, because she's been through that. She knows what codependency is and she talks openly and some of her quotes are very touching as well. So when you said this woman is in recovery, I think yeah. she's probably wiser than those who have never experienced tragedy or trauma. So, yeah. 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 And just, I want to make clear that she didn't make, she didn't say that quote. She quotes somebody else. His name is yeah. Ram, R-A-M, Das. Yeah. I, I follow Ram Das. So yeah. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I'll put that in the blogcast too, in case other people want to order the book and read the book. Um, I love that. I love that. Well, what other books do you like or would you recommend? I'm just trying, what did we just finish reading that I really enjoyed? It was by Saeed Jones. Um, oh gosh. Let me see. I don't, S-I-E-D? S-A-E-E-D. S-A-E-E-D. Uh, and it was called How We Fight for Our Lives, S-A-E-E-D Jones. Nice. Um, uh, it just, I've been following him on Twitter for a while just because he's a I see it. Cat. Yeah, he, he just talks about um, coming of age as a, as a young black gay man um, from the South. And just, it's, wow. just his writing is so clean and so spare and it's, just you know it, what I love about reading is it puts you in someone else's shoes for however long you're in that book and reading can do nothing but sound like I work in a library but you know it just helps open our worlds open our minds open our hearts and so it's a, a huge I, I agree love I agree and to use those three words in the same sentence um black gay south you yeah. can that this person has stories to tell. And you know, I believe in storytelling. When you share your story, it creates empathy. It, you know, people get curious about others and it actually is a great way to combat bias is to, you know, lend a new lens to others, right? So I love your thoughts about reading. I am a book nerd. I'm soon to be a bird nerd apparently. And- <laughs> You need to talk to me for tips. For sure, for sure. I would love that. I would love that. You should give us a couple tips to put in the blog um, as well, like some fun stuff to write. I'm going to upload a picture of the book too and, and click purchase the book. I'll, I'll add a, a buy link in there too. So, okay. Yeah, um, I'll definitely do that. Yeah. This excites me so much. So I learned so much from my guests and um, I fall in love with them. You know, most of them I don't know. I know you only a little bit, but most of them I don't know at all. And that's why I don't have them send me answers in advance. I want to get to know them on the podcast. Some, obviously, you know, it's human nature. They're afraid to be themselves. So they stick to a script that they've created for themselves. I try yeah. to break them of that. I don't know if they like that too much, but, <laughs> but you, we just flow, we just click, um, you know, it's like amazing. And so this is what excites me is lending of um, a platform to women to tell their stories. So let me ask you, what does excite you? You know, what excites you um, at least right now in your life? Okay. Before I answer that one though, I want to turn the tables on you a second, Susan, because uh -oh. I, yes, I mean, having been to your conference and having heard part one of your story yeah um I I mean I have so many questions for you so maybe you need to have like a a very special episode of people that can uh, send in questions for you and then you can answer them or something like that let somebody interview you because 
Um, you are. So I, hear, I hear you volunteering for that role. I, I do. I, I do. would I love that. Volunteer. So at first you scared the heck out of me. And then I'm like, why am I scared? I tell my story without right. being asked. You know? <laughs> like, All right. Well, we're going to get off the phone. When we finish this, we're going to start planning it. So you can absolutely you can great idea. Oh, okay. yeah. Good, good, well, good. Next year, I know I'll see you in Philadelphia. I will share chapter two. And this has been 55 years in the secret keeping. Um, Deborah, my Oh, wife. the secret keeping. You know, yeah. you're going to love this quote. You probably already know this one. But in, uh, I think it's AA is, but mostly in Narcotics Anonymous, we're only as sick as our secrets. <gasps> I've never heard of it, but I've oh got. Oh my God, I live by that because when I think about it, right? It's like, if you're dating somebody and you don't want them to look in your phone and you don't want someone to look in your purse. Yeah. I mean, you that that is such awesome. a, a, a clear bell to right. tell you there's something that needs to get fixed. If you're hiding things from anybody, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we all deserve our privacy. I'm not talking about that. You no, know, I get it. You're speaking my language now. And it, and when Deborah first talked to me about this, like the very first phone conversation I ever had with her was two hours. And I hate the phone. I'll talk on the phone. I'm, oh my God, that's me. I know. And it was two hours and I ended up in tears and she, she was so vulnerable and raw. And she told me her story and I was trying to remain uh, refined and able to, you know, help her because I'm the helper, you know, I'm the one that always helps others. And I burst into tears and, and just basically was like, I'm a secret keeper. And then she asked me these poignant questions oh. that this was just supposed to be, hey, nice to meet you. How do you do phone call? And I was like, oh my God, I just ran yeah. naked down the street and let this lady film me. Oh, it, it was crazy. But it she was is a special point. woman. She really is. She is. She definitely is. It was at that point I decided that um, all these years of amplifying other women's voices, and it was because I was working up the courage to tell my own story. And um, when you're in Philadelphia, you're, you'll hear chapter two, and 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 sadly, there are about eleven chapters or more. Oh, <laughs> but um, you know, we'll have way more events than we will chapters. Thank goodness. So, um, yeah, I love your idea. That's a really great idea. I'm gonna have to muster up the courage to to walk the walk and not just talk the talk, right? So, right? Yeah, yeah because you, you've got a fascinating career, and I I mean, I definitely want to hear your personal story, but I also, you know, I think this this podcast is primarily about people's careers so let's, yeah. let's shine a light on yours for a minute okay well it's been um a, a blend if you will sort of I, I live my life like a marble cake not a neatly layered layer cake right <laughs> so personal and professional those those lines are blurred for me which is why sometimes lawyers are uncomfortable because they're not yeah. that way um, yeah. but I feel like the older and wiser we get, I got old and wise at a really young age, but I feel like the older and wise we get, the more we um, realize you got to bring your whole self to work. When you wake up in the morning, you go to bed at night, you can't split that person from nine to five and then five to nine. Right. So, um, but you know, there are things you, 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 you know, you know, the world's not ready to hear, which is why it took me so long, but I'm happy to talk about my professional life. If you're ready to hear some happy and not so happy life with lawyers, right? So yeah. my life, is, I've, I've worked with 125 now, no, three, 123 law firms, three of wow. them in-house and uh, the rest were clients from California to the East Coast. So uh, excited to share that journey with you because you relate, 
you get it. You have totally. lived it for sure. Totally. So let's gonna, pivot we're, we're back to you, lady. I see what you <laughs> did there. <laughs> Nobody's ever done that before. Um, that was pretty smooth. You, um, you. But let's get back to you because you're the star. Okay, what excites you? Yeah. What excites you, especially like right now in your life, post-COVID and all that stuff? I mean, two things. The personal one is, I gotta say, it's my boys. I'm, I've got a 22 and a 21 year old, and they're, well, the one is, one's still a senior at, uh, or one just is a rising senior at University of Illinois, but my other, uh, he's just starting out on his career, and watching it is, it's his first job, his first apartment in the city, studying for the CPA. I mean, it's nice. everything that I can do not to pester him with questions every day because I'm so <laughs> excited for him, and it just, it feels like they're so much smarter at this age, doesn't it? Than, than oh, the yeah. I came out of school and it was like, I was just looking into the sun and blinking for a year. I, <laughs> I'm sorry, that was an obnoxious laugh, but that's so hilarious and so true. You know, Isn't it? <laughs> that's a I great. didn't have an internship. I didn't have like totally. all, all this coaching. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's a yeah, great so analogy for sure. It's true. Like, uh, anyhow, um, you know, mouth open, catching flies. But um, <laughs> I have a 21 year old, so I get it. It's very you exciting do, right? and it's scary too, you know. Yeah, and you got to let them make their mistakes. I mean, it's a cliche, oh, but it's my. true. <laughs> but the other thing I'm super excited about, and I know you understand this because you do this yourself, but I think, you know, at many levels above what I'm doing, but is make, helping. I just love making connections, like not just in my oh, work, yeah. right? Where I make those technology connections, but helping people, helping connect people. So, you know, I always do everything I can to introduce great people and help someone either find a job or find an answer or have you met this person? Have you talked to that person? I mean, I started a group on on LinkedIn about a dozen years ago for this exact purpose, you know, MarTech for Legal. I don't know if you're, you're a member, but it it helps nice. MarTech geeks have a, have a place to get answers, to discuss ideas, best practices, find jobs, things like that. But now that I'm a uh, somewhat of a senior member of the, yeah. uh, the, the career that I'm in, um, I, I just, I, I love my network. I treasure it. I really like to think that I, I work hard on it because I stay in touch with people from a, a lot of different lives, different jobs and stuff. And nothing makes me happier than helping someone either find the right person to fill a role at their company, at their firm, or to, or to help someone find the right technology. I mean, it just, I love making those connections. So that's, and, and the older I get, I think the more information I have that I can give and the more connections I can make between people. So that gets more and more exciting to me as time goes on. Okay, I love you. <laughs> Let me just, just say it. If I just love you. So I have known about MarTech um, in legal, but I didn't know that was your baby. So bravo, brava, all the, all the bravs to you because that's amazing you seem to be i use the phrase collect and then connect you collect people and then you connect them and it is a gift and i'm going to own up to that it's it's rare people don't do that um it's not about going to a chamber event and collecting how many business cards you can get and throw away the next morning no it's about meaningful connections where you recognize something in someone that someone else may need and you put them together and magic happens so, um, so true. I love that, that is where the magic happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's where the magic happens. Yeah. You're amazing. I, I get why you're excited about that. And I get totally why you're excited about your boys. Um, I love being a boy mom. I only have one, but I love it. Um, let me ask you, I, I have a couple more questions. One, I'm going to uh, just ask you to surprise me, but the last question I have that I had planned to ask 
is what is the most important thing not only I, but my audience should know about you. Uh, wow. Um, I don't know if it's the most important thing, Susan. I'm going to be a politician. I'm going to answer the question I want to answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm married to one. I know how that goes. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the reason I love the connections and the networking and the, the, people piece, even though I hate the phone as much as you do, I really seriously, if you if you need to call me, text me first, um, is I, I grew up overseas. So I didn't come back to the States until I was 17. And I wow. you know, landed hard in, in the States. And I think anybody who was, a mil I wasn't a military kid, but I mean, it, it, a lot of military kids would understand this feeling, but I was, I felt like an outsider for the longest time. I didn't have yeah. the clothes. I didn't have the cool, the culture. I didn't have the vibes. I didn't have the pop the pop culture references, yeah. I didn't have any of that. And I really feel like that is what made me feel kind of like an outsider looking in for a good solid chunk of my career. Um, wow, yeah. we should so, unpack that a little bit because <laughs> of all the things you've told me, um, that's the thing that gave me chills, right? So uh, where did you live and why? And then when you got here, give me one small example i mean i know even switching schools i was like mom they're all wearing these types of tennis shoes you know uh tree torn yep. tennis yep. tennis shoes i never heard of tree torn you know um so i had to go get some right i'm not that woman anymore but as a young girl i was certainly one wanted to fit in tell me yeah. more about this experience well, we lived, I was born in Allentown, Pennsylvania, but we were only there for six months. Um, my dad was a telecom consultant. He kind of went wherever his biggest contract was. He had his own company. And as a matter of fact, McCullough and Company was the name of his company. And I kind of stole the color from his logo to put it into mine. Um, oh, is he was, still alive? No, no he's it's, not, an, it's right. an homage to him. He died when I was 25, car yeah. accident. So yeah. beautiful, beautiful that you did that for him. I'm sorry that you lost him. I remember we talked briefly about this. I lost mine when I was 30. So I hear you. We yeah. have a lot of, lot of parallels. Right? So you, sister. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you hugged me, I know this sounds, I don't care. I'm not going to apologize for how I, <laughs> who I am. Right. But when I hugged you at the event, I got chills. I was like, she's amazing. This is the one. And when we talked about your logo, like I really felt some parallels there. It was that meant so much to me. Thank you. You bet. You. you bet. You bet. So you know, so yeah, in Italy and in Rome and then um, about 10 years in Iran. Um, in, in the Middle East. And wow. so, you know, I mean, talk about, it's not like, you know, I was living in Germany where I could kind of get the American culture or, you know, I could get normal food. It was just very different. This was before the revolution. Right. Um, so when, when we let, we were evacuated out. So like, you know, having been there for most of my, my young life and then you have 24 hours to pack a bag and get out. Um, it was just all very jarring destroying I mean all the all the things you can imagine um and so coming back to this and, and even when we lived there we weren't military so we didn't have access to right, the promises, right? so no peanut butter no like American cereals you know we were eating eggs and, and you know eggs every morning kind of thing but um so coming back to the states I think one of the perfect examples is and we moved back to Potomac Maryland and if you know Potomac Maryland you know that it's very it's just outside of dc mm -hmm. it's a very it's a ritzy area and it's 
Um, I'm not saying that because of us, because we didn't have a ritzy house. I'm just saying that that, you know, the high school that I went to, these kids all, you know, when they're 16, they all get BMWs and they're, you know, driving yeah, yeah. BMWs and I'm taking the bus in my painter's pants, right? These kids have all yeah. moved on from painter's pants to, to IZODs and, you know, the cool, the cool <laughs> pants forever, right? Cindy, I still wear painter's pants. <laughs> <laughs> they're very handy. You can carry a lot <laughs> of junk. <laughs> <laughs> they were adorable then and they're adorable and handy now. Yeah, rock them, baby. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. I'm imagining. Uh, I know what you're saying when I was talking about the tree twins. I went from, you know, regular school to a high-end private school. And I was just like, wow, oh my gosh. Uh, I didn't even know what a BMW was or a Saab. Somebody had a, um, a Saab and somebody else had one of those uh, cars you only see in Europe. Is I can't remember the name of it. It'll hit me, but I, I can feel what you're feeling. I can feel your story when you're telling me this and you're not even coming from, you know, Europe where, you know, there's a lot of connection there. You're coming from, yeah. wow. So, so how did you handle that? How did you feel? What did people say and do? Well, I was cool for about 24 hours. And then because I wasn't getting stoned between classes, I was just a weirdo. I was just, no. Nope. So I had like that 24 hour, maybe she's cool. Let's see what we can do with this. Is, you know, can we, is this malleable? Nah. And I wasn't. So they're like, eh, she was out. And so I was very alone. I was really wow. alone for my senior year because I was here for my senior year. And it was, um, it was, it was difficult. Um, but it made me, you know, more self-reliant, but it definitely made me a, a very, uh, a watcher. I was very watchful. Yeah, well, that helps with the bird thing. But let me tell you, um, that's a lonely time and, and a hard time. Your amygdala is not fully formed. You're looking for connections. You get depressed easily. Those years are really formative years where you need to feel like you belong and you need a tribe or posse, I should say. Um, yeah, I'm sad for you, but it probably help to make you the most awesome woman you are today right well so. I definitely appreciate my friends so much and the, the people in my life and my family because it just it it's not always like this right I mean some people work a lifetime to just find it so I feel very lucky yeah yeah well I'm going to tell you you blew me away with that answer I was going to ask you tell me something surprising about you but <laughs> you just knocked it out of the park um in that case it, is there anything else? Now, I'm obviously going to share your bio, your contact information, the book you recommended, and anything else you'd like me to share in the way of assets. I love to share a gallery of photos that tell your story outside of your headshot, as well as your headshot, because we're not our headshots, right? Um, right. Yeah. I told you I love the filters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one on my mouth, but I do have one on my uh, yeah, photos. Cool. Yeah, so we'll do all that. But is there anything else you want to discuss or share before we say our goodbyes and then tell people how they can reach you? Um, gosh, I, there's nothing I can think of other than like what you and I talked about briefly before we started recording, just that um, take care of the caretakers, I guess, is just yeah. something I would like to remind everybody about. I'm about to go relieve my sister she's been taking care of my mom for for four years and you know wow. they need their breaks just like everybody else and if they do their job really well it's kind of like you don't notice it you know mom is healthy mom's great mom's doing fine why do you think that is right right exactly and 60 percent of caregivers pass away before the people they're taking care of so Stop it. i did not know that yeah yeah 
I've been a caregiver for many, many years now, and it had 80 pounds on me. I've lost hair. The cortisol levels are through the roof. I reached a point. I'm no longer there, and I probably wouldn't have told you when I was there, but I am going to tell you now. I was at 38% body fat from 16% body fat. So it was highly stressful. It's kind and loving and thoughtful of you and your husband to go relieve your sister of her duties for a little while, let her regroup and renew. Um, but prepare yourself 10 days is, you know, yeah, but I'm, I'm honestly, I am, I am a little nervous. I, I, but I'll, well, you know, we'll get through it. Don't let go of the first question I asked you the thing that, you know, make, makes you smile when you wake up. Don't let go of that. Still, you have to get up, have your coffee, be mindful, look at the Florida birds, you know? Um, well, that's a good point. Yeah. Spare your yeah. day, deep breathing for sure. I'm sure you have other advice. Maybe I'll give you a text when I'm out there and say, Susan, what do I do? Everybody says exercise and eat right. And I'm like, I love you and I'm appreciative of your advice. But when do you have time to do that? When you're caregiving and your mom is blind and she can't bathe herself, feed herself, any of that, right? So um, take the advice that will work for you and ignore the rest and just send love saying thank you for trying to help and move forward, right? In your own way. God love you for still doing it, Susan. Uh, I have to tell you, I just recently put her in a facility in memory care and she's beyond my help. There is a huge burden of guilt on me now. And then there's a tiny little um, feeling of relief, but the guilt still outweighs the relief. So um, I still go see her. I'll bring her to my house and bathe her and feed her. And it's always a disaster. And they say, why do you do that? Why don't you leave her here? And I'm like, because it's what I do. It's my habit, right? So anyway, wishing you all kinds of positive vibes. And if you're into prayer, prayers, um, that you can find some way each day to enjoy time with your husband, the guy you made marry you. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all can, obviously he signs up every day to stay there because y'all does. He's the best. That's awesome. I can't wait to meet him. I can't wait to meet him. I know. I know. It'll be great. All right. We're going to make it happen. Philadelphia at the very least. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then if y'all want Hawaii, we can make that happen too. I'm bored. Yes. I'll be thinking about that. All right, lady. Well, you're amazing. Why don't you share contact info? So anybody who's listening uh, who might want to reach you and work with one of the most (laughs) awesome women I have ever in my life met, um, I don't know if that's because you remind me of me and I think I'm awesome or if you're, you know, I, I actually think it's because you're really awesome. It doesn't have to be one thing. It's all of the things. And all the things. You should yeah. not suffer imposter syndrome. I can tell you that after hearing this podcast talk or conversation, I can tell you, you should not suffer that. You should own how awesome you are because you're incredible. So how can people reach you if they want to? Sure. Um, I think the easiest thing is just shoot me a text on my mobile, 202-569-1675. My email is Cindy, but I spell that C-Y-N-D-Y at McCullough.consulting. There's no com on the end of it. Everyone always wants to go, oh, McCullough.consulting.com. Nope. It's just McCullough.consulting. I noticed that. I think that's awesome. That's pretty cool that you can kind of brand what you do through the url you know i think they're doing that more and more nowadays so folks if you didn't write that down i'll put her mobile number and her email address as well as a link to her website 
in the blog that you know I will write. I'll probably get this out within a month. Um, I used to promise two weeks, but things have gotten a little hairy, scary lately. So I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. But uh, look for that within a month. We'll have the blog cast out. I will share it to LinkedIn and tag you, Cindy, and then you can reshare to your network. Okay, that sounds fantastic. And I really appreciate this opportunity, Susan. Thank you. You bet. You're delightful, really. Have a good day. Go watch some birds. I'm going to go buy me a book. You betcha. Bye, hon. Bye-bye.